back to Orange You Glad We Watch The O.C., a podcast where Barbara Streisand does not see a dime. I don't get it. The way we were. Oh, they say that a few times in this. Many times. Yep. Yep. They say send in the clowns a few times too, don't they? I don't think they actually. Send in the clowns. How does how does the rest of that song go? I'm not encouraging you down this road. Is she, you got to get there by yourself. Is she litigious? That's Dryzand. Probably in the mall in her basement. I know a thing about that mall, actually. Oh yeah. It was originally she kept all of her costumes from her various film and stage productions, and it turned it started out she wanted a place in her home to display them. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of turned into a mall because she was like, why not? <laughs> also, I can't go to the mall. You're Barbara Streisand. You can't go to the mall. This is a podcast where Evan and I talk about every episode of Seminole's uh, 2000s television program, The OC. And we're on season two. And I'm Sarah. And that's Evan. Yeah, boy, we sure fucking are on season two. <laughs> fucking episode two. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this fucking show. As you may have inferred, the title of this episode is The Way We Were. Oh, I didn't even... Nope, I didn't put two and two together. Misty watercolor memories. Of the way we were. Scattered pictures. On the Ferris wheel. Of a childhood left behind. And some fucking memories. (laughs) Of the way we were. <laughs> you can't sing too much of that, otherwise they're going to sue for... I was going to say, is yeah. A, of all, is Barbara Streisand, and she, she's still alive, right? Yeah. yeah. And her representative recording industry company, are they quite litigious? And secondarily, would they ever know that this podcast exists. They could be one of the 14 people. <laughs> in Belgium? Yeah. Who <laughs> are listening to this? <laughs> Barbara Streisand probably has some kind of property in Belgium, wouldn't you? Oh, I, I mean, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have any news? Um, yeah, okay. WGA uh, reached an, an agreement. Uh, so major kudos to them. Um they won a bunch of the stuff that they wanted to win, which is great. Um, SAG-AFTRA uh, still has not reached an agreement. Um, one of the companies refused to come back to the bargaining table. They refused to provide protections for actors against uh, AI using their likeness. Um, the, they're still um, not agreeing to give actors even a tiny slice of what they deserve from the profits. Um, a bunch of the things that WGA won, SAG-AFTRA is still trying to get, uh, to my knowledge. 
Have you seen the clip from the Disney movie that is circulating the channels where they already went ahead and created AIs of background characters and put them in a scene? No. Oh, this is an audio medium, but I will show it to You'll you. You'll have to show it to me when later. We are done. Okay. Because Sarah will put the clip on our Tumblr. Woof. Um, I when, will. When you say woof, what do you mean? It, it bad. It bad? Bad. Yeah. Bad AI. Okay. Yeah. I'll be very interested to see. My hope is, okay, so there's a number with, so with regards to AI, there's a number of lawsuits uh, that are, that are happening now. Uh, what a bunch of authors have come together and are suing um, uh, OpenAI because um, ChatGPT would not have knowledge of their works had they not been purposefully fed into its training model. Um, oh, there was one specific guy who started a website that was like, we're going to analyze the writings of all of these different writers and say and create data patterns about how many times they say like XYZ mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And all the writers were like, you, we didn't, you didn't say, you didn't ask to do this. <laughs> and they took it down. Yeah. The guy who created it took it down. But yeah, as far as I know, he still refuses to say whether he destroyed the data mm-hmm. that he got. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that's being brought to uh, or brought against OpenAI. Uh, and if they win, then OpenAI might have to scrap their entire model and start training it from scratch, which would be huge because now there's a bunch of, thankfully, there's a bunch of protections that people have put in place to stop their model from scraping um, certain materials, which would mean they wouldn't get anywhere near the kind of large language model that they were able to build before by just stealing and just plagiarizing um, sort of, you know, freely and wantonly, which would be great because then they wouldn't be able to generate anything close to the functional chat GPT that they have right now, which could be the death knell for it, which would be phenomenal. Um, and then additionally, I think, I can't, I don't know. I haven't been following it too closely, but the generative, like the image generative shit, um, might have just hit sort of a, it might have plateaued at this point in what it can actually achieve with regards to like fidelity, um, what, what it can generate without just tripping over itself into the uncanny valley, you know? Um, like people have been trying to get it to do hands and people have been trying to get it to do other things with any level of accuracy. And it just, it looks like it's plateaued. It looks like it's bad at it and it's always going to be bad at it. No matter how large of a model that we use and no matter how many artists work, it just steals to feed into its fucking algorithm. It looks like it might not be able to figure it out. So that would be really good. If it has plateaued, then that means um, the degree to which companies would be able to realistically use it to further lay off more artists and devalue their work. Um, that would sort of be curtailed, at least in a minimum level. Um, hopefully there will be some sort of class action lawsuit also brought against all those fucking image generation uh, fuckers for all the fuckery that they've done. Just, you know, again, 
gleefully stealing the work of artists without compensating them or, or even mentioning them in the process. I know. I'm going to get my tea. Oh, and then in other news, obviously, Hamas uh, has invaded Israel. And boy, there are some fucking takes online. Yep. Jesus fucking Christ. There are some goddamn takes. I have mostly been playing Tetris and listening to the Doughboys all week. Right. Yeah. There were what? There were a few days where you were like, um, you're just going to want to stay offline today. Yeah. And I took your advice yep. and I'm very pleased that I did so. Yep. Um, if Orange You Glad, we watched the OC, needed to take an official stance on the occupation of uh, Palestine by the Zionist entity Israel. Here's the thing. <laughs> we don't have to. <laughs> the problem is because everybody is online all the time. It creates this vacuum, this feedback loop where everybody thinks they need to say everything about uh every current event you can you can step back you can admit that you don't have all of the information you can say what's happening is a fucking tragedy but also we are a podcast about the OC <laughs> also we are pro liberation pro palestine yeah let it let it you know not be forgotten that fucking Israel literally funded Hamas in in favor of uh, so that they could essentially defang uh, leftist organizations in in Palestine and specifically the Gaza Strip. But that's neither here nor there. Because um, we have to get to talking about this show. We support Jewish lives everywhere. Muslim lives, Arab lives. Um, free Palestine. Free Palestine. From the river to the sea. Palestine shall be freed. Sorry, y'all. That's just how it is. <laughs> okay, but yes, seminal two thousands work. That's the end of the. That's the end of the the news segment. I'm not supposed to think about things. Sorry, yeah. Let's stop thinking about things. Ah, uh, okay. So, episode two, season two, we open on the pool house. The boys are. This isn't the scene where Seth is sorting his comics that he uh, got all the shipments for for three months when he was in Portland, right? He's not sorting the comics yet. They're just going to school or talking about stuff before they go to school. This is where he's sorting comics. It is? Um, we, oh, so we had, a, we had an extended previously on, which went back into season one uh-huh. to show us Seth's grand gesture of standing up on the coffee cart. To show us, yeah. to show us uh, Jimmy and Haley's relationship, to show us Caleb being investigated by the FBI. Um, There's a little more recent previously on because they show the, at this point, unnamed gardener. Yep. Slash general handyman slash we don't know what he does besides smolder and be intermittently clad in shirts. <laughs> You're right, yeah. And have abs. Have abs, but we'll get to that part. I think we I know that we open up on a big swooping helicopter shot yeah. of 
Newport. Just in case you forgot how fucking wealthy these people are. Yeah, right. Look I at- do believe the shot is, yeah, he's organizing his comic books and they're talking about whether or not they're going to go to school and Seth doesn't want to go to school and Ryan is like, but Marissa will be there. No, I think actually that comes later. Now that I'm, now that I've introduced this question that is just confusing everything, I think they're just kind of getting their school stuff together. I think the comic book scene that comes later because that's when they talk about making the comic club. Yeah. Yes. Okay, you're right. So they're just sort of preparing for school. So now they're just like, "Hey, did you talk to Summer? No. Hey, did you talk to Marissa? No." Yeah, we should stay home. <laughs> That's essentially that dialogue. Yeah. yeah, you covered it. Yep. And then we go into the kitchen for breakfast. <laughs> it is chaos. There's a lot of great comedy business in this episode. It's very funny. Um, very is a strong word. The workers, though, the construction guys, have shirts on. Yeah. Which is something. They still have no protective equipment whatsoever. No. No. No, that, not a hard hat nor a work glove to be seen. Um, they get a phone. They get two phone calls. And now that I'm thinking about the sequence of these phone calls, the first one is never explained. The one where they hung up. And it's real annoying. Yeah. Um... The head construction guy who looks very familiar to me, he was probably on like Entourage or something. <laughs> um, he's like, Hey, do you want me to answer the phone? And they're like, We don't know where the phone is. And he finds the phone and like, there's a great shot of his arm coming into the frame <laughs> and holding the phone out to Sandy. It's very Looney Tunes. Yes. Yeah, it is very Looney Tunes. Yeah. But the first time the phone rings, there is no one there. Kirsten answers the phone. Um, so let's let's walk down conspiracy theory lane for a second here. Yep. Hand in hand. Who do we think it is? Oh. Is it to do with Caleb Nickel? The person who uh, called the second time started talking when Sandy answered, so that's a possibility. But my dumb brain went to Teresa. Oh, okay. Because she's doing a reverse Marissa from the last episode. Sure, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that would make sense. Or it's just a thing that they do to, like, fill up space and drop. Yeah, they probably haven't actually thought deeply about it, is my guess. <laughs> because the conceit of this scene is both Sandy and uh, Kirsten need to get to work. Uh-huh. And neither of them can take the boys to school. Uh-huh. And Kirsten's like, I'm late. I have to go. Yeah. I have a meeting. And Sandy's like, I also have a meeting. And he's like, I can't answer the phone. I'm mid schmear Because he <laughs> continues... To not toast his bagels. I'm mid schmear here. <laughs> it is. It is a valid reason. I would use that reason to get out of any plans. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, do you want to go to? Where do we go? Where do people invite us to? I can't. I'm mid schmear. Mid schmear over here. <laughs> you want to go to Garden Club? Uh huh. I can't. <laughs> so what is the content of the call that Sandy actually... I mean, Schmerius Ress over here. <laughs> Let's meet, like, Medius Ress. Uh-huh. Yeah. The content of Sandy's is, it's something like, what, they can't find them? Well, I'll track them down. 
something like that. Oh, okay. He's doing like yeah. lawyerly stuff. Yeah. Because apparently, yeah, because he's a no, lawyer again. No, I think that they're uh, referring to Caleb and they can't find him anywhere. Oh. And Sandy finds him in the later scene. Him in the, good job. Drinking a whole bottle of scotch. We're all over the place here. Oh, but I mean, that that's giving actual credit to the writers because they did, they didn't just have a throwaway line there. They had a through line. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Editors of our Wikipedia page take note. This is the first time we found a through line in the writing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the punchline is neither of the parents can take the boys to school. So is it A What's his name? Is it AJ? Uh no. BJ is the gardener. No, DJ is DJ the gardener. DJ is the gardener. Who is um, the contractor? Archie. Archie. He's like, I'll drive them. And then the next shot is them clambering out of the back of a pickup truck. Yep. Which is delightful. Them being Seth and Ryan. Yes. Yes. Who have decided that they will go to school. Yes. So now we're at school. So they've popped out of the truck. They're heading across the quad. And who do they see? across the quad instantaneously instantaneously looking over the heads of people in clad in Abercrombie and Fitch (laughs) it's Summer and Marissa and one of the two is like oh 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 no we have to connect this back to the previous scene because as they were talking about it the boys needed to give the audience some know-how that neither of the girls know that they are back in town yeah and Seth says to Ryan, what are you going to do? Walk up to her and say, hey, and she'll say, hey, back. And Ryan's like, yeah, we're staying home <laughs> because there's a beat and it's it's clever writing. There's a beat and you kind of see that's what his plan was. He hadn't thought any further than yeah. that. But that's exactly what the fuck happens. Marissa walks up and is like, hey, <laughs> and Ryan is like, hey, <laughs> And Summer is mad, rightfully, rightfully. Um, I'm going to put a little spoiler in here. I am Team Summer in this fucking episode. A thousand percent One hundred thousand percent Team Summer. Yes. And she storms off and Seth is like, <laughs> Maybe this is the voice that we should give him for the rest of the season because he's such a fucking weasel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we get a scene that I don't think either one of us cares about. We're on Jimmy Cooper's boat, question mark. When did Jimmy Cooper get a boat? Yeah. Question mark, question mark, question mark. He vaguely mentions he can manage his stock portfolio. So that's how he's making money now. He got the money from the restaurant and he's just managing it. Must be nice. Although, no, this is, this was filmed well prior to the housing market crash in 2008. Yeah. So we can kind of see the road that Jimmy is going to go down. Jimmy's not going to have a boat in about five years. <laughs> yep. 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 They're on the boat. Uh, Haley is on a conversation. She's on a phone call with somebody. Susie. Uh, do we know that it's Susie? We know when she's talking with her. No, but we know by the end of the call, cause she's yeah. like, bye Susie. Oh yeah, that's right. Goodbye, Susie, to whom I am speaking. <laughs> but yeah, she's saying things that are sort of like secret 
she's whispering like secretive i haven't i haven't told him yet i don't want to break his heart i'll talk to you soon Susie. and this is how we know that she's not going to be in this season besides this episode yep yep so Jimmy comes out and is like, haha, it's nine o'clock. Do you want a mimosa? And she's like, are you trying to get me drunk, Jimmy Cooper? And, and he's, he's like, like, I'm trying to keep you drunk. I'm Which like, is, what? <laughs> That's not, Because hmm. then he's all smoochy smooching and he's like, last night was, <laughs> whoa, last night. Th- Let's talk about last night. I think his five o'clock shadow has metamorphosed into a ten o'clock shadow <laughs> at this point. It's just full. It's full fucking. Uh, what am I thinking of here? Miami Vice. He's so they give him the five o'clock shadow and the beachy waves in uh-huh. every scene in this season so far. And also, um, he does not button his shirt like he's showing a lot of his chest. Uh-huh. You know. So they're trying to really portray Jimmy's current life is very laid back. He's very like, just go with the vibes. You know, he's much less stressed this season than he was last season for obvious reasons. And I'm mad at everybody in this episode who tells him to get a job because why? (laughs) Right? Why? Yeah. Oh, the degree to which they lionize having a job and like they say making something of themselves Uh too. And I'm like, fuck you. I would live on a fucking boat and go to Cabo and just manage my portfolio and like dick around all day. That would be fucking great. You would be able to finish your game. (laughs) I'd be able to start the fucking thing. (laughs) Anyway, If any of our listeners want to pay Evan a living wage to sit at home and uh, construct his video games from scratch... Hit us in the DMs. Go in our DMs. On Tumblr. If I'll be a sugar baby. I don't give a shit. He's very cute. <laughs> Aw. You have to say that. You're married to me. I don't have to you say that. You actually don't have to say that. No. 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 I'm pimping you out over the airwaves. Let's do it. I mean Let's do it. If I wasn't if I wasn't sincere about it. <laughs> so yeah, they're smoochy smooching and um, he's like, let's just, we'll sail to Cabo and it'll be fucking great. And she's like, ha, 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 ha. um, there's also a, he says somewhere in this scene, let's keep the boat for another month, which makes it ambiguous about what his level of wealth. Yeah. Are they renting this boat? Even renting a boat like that has to take some major yeah. ducats, mm-hmm. as the kids say. Yeah, you have <laughs> pieces of eight. You have you have to have serious riz. Oh God, is that a word? <laughs> Did you just make that up? No, I didn't make it up. It's short for charisma, which means money. No, no, you have. I think you like to finance a yacht. A, yes, you have to have money, but if you don't have money, you just like are a super charismatic person. You you're just like, show up with your beachy waves and your six o'clock shadow and you just say, come on, yeah. <laughs> come on, yeah. just, just give me the yeah. He, he's got risk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for continuing to keep me in the loop on the lingo, my dear. Use it in a sentence around the 20 year old <laughs> at your workplace. <laughs> 
So if I think the people that I work with have Riz, could I walk up to them and say, hey, fellow Rizzers? <laughs> Is someone that has Riz a Rizzer? Yes. yes. Really? I mean, it's a... it's. A, it's not a word that really exists, so you can conjugate it as much as you want to, but I think people who know what the word means will salute you. Okay, cool. With their... I'll let you know if I receive any salutations. <laughs> if not, it's a teaching moment. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. I can see Tarim talking to me later today. No, 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 that's not how... No. You don't use it that way. No. Bad. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So <laughs> Anyway, we're getting off track here. Jimmy wants to go to Cabo. She doesn't seem enthusiastic about the idea, which is how you know something is going on with her because who the fuck wouldn't want to take the yacht to fucking Cabo? Yeah. And we're out of this scene. Um at school, Ryan is in a meeting with the academic counselor. I'm a little sad that they didn't have the principal from last season just do an all-purpose every time. <laughs> they no, she hates Ryan. <laughs> the person that Ryan is meeting with obviously likes him and is in his corner. Yes. Um, what was the thing that you mentioned when we talked about this scene? We need to develop Ryan's character yes. and make him interested in something because at this point he is a blank slate for like just reacting to things in the scene and then punching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's just got dreamy eyes, kissable lips and punching arms. That's really all he was in season one. Like, you know, I challenge anybody to watch season one and then write down what Ryan Atwood is actually interested in. And I countered that with Journey. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, like, the <laughs> things from season one that we know he's interested in, girls, Journey, and punching. Uh-huh. That's really sort of Soccer it. Soccer for one episode. For a single episode. <laughs> and then never again. Yeah, so this is great. But wait, wait, wait. To relitigate that whole uh, plot arc, was Ryan just interested in soccer so he could like get a bunch of aggression out? I don't. We'd have to go back and watch the episode again. That's for our Patreon. Because the narrative function of it was to put him in conflict with Luke again. Yeah. Conveniently. Yeah. But I don't fucking remember why he was going out for soccer. I th- I just remember him kicking Luke a couple of times. Yeah. During the soccer practices and then being like, that is unsportsmanlike conduct. (laughs) (laughs) I miss Luke. So we need two spinoffs. We need the Portland spinoff with Luke and we need the Japan spinoff with Haley. Haley, yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so we're in this scene. Um, What fucking scene are we in again? (laughs) We're in the counselor's office. Yes, yes, yes. And this is great. The counselor, who has a name, uh, does does your notes have, say Ms. what her name is? Fisher. Okay, so Miss Fisher is obviously um, a fan of Ryan's, and she is putting together his schedule for the for the semester. He had a great GPA last year. Yeah, and we, can we talk about that? How did he manage to maintain a good GPA in any of the shit that he was doing? <laughs> How the fuck? School was not a thing that was happening. He's, he's Ryan. We don't question. 
I guess, yeah. And this show loves a plot point that it never needs to explain. Mm-hmm. So she says he's got great grades. And to, um, to borrow a phrase from a film that was not, Barbara Streisand was not in the film, but it was from the era when she was in films. Love means never having to say you're sorry. That is so fucking wrong. <laughs> that is so fucking wrong. Holy shit. Whoever wrote that should be kicked soundly in oh, the legs. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure they won several Oscars. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. And then that ruined a generation who decided they would never have to apologize for anything if they could say that it was for love. Speaking of ruining a generation, let's keep talking about the plot of this episode. <laughs> she asks, what's her name again? I've just forgotten it. Miss Fisher? Yeah. Asks a great fucking question, which is what led us to our little conversation about him not having a character. Um, she's made his uh, schedule, and he's like, I'm sure it's fine. And she's like, really honestly, like, let me know if you want me to change something. And he's like, no, I'm sure it's fine. And she's like, okay, this kid has obviously no interest in what, like, in, in any of this shit. There is a part where she asks him point blank, what do you like? What yeah. are you interested in? And he just, like, kind of stares at her. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I have no character. Yeah. Um, I was written to be a love interest. Yeah. Like, I have no defining features beyond am love interest. Yeah. And she's and it's great. It's lovely because she's like, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to all your classes as on your schedule. And you're going to write down what you liked about it and what you didn't like about it. Which, and why? And she's like, and crucially, why? Does he do any of this? Not on camera. He does at the very, very end there. I mean, that, that we, they don't go through the like, why did you like this? You know what I'm saying? I do, yeah. He doesn't go over any of his answers, which I guess is not... I'm not really mad at that. It's funny. As an adult, I'm super invested in that. Like, I wish they would have done like what he likes about his classes and why. Like, maybe I would be a good guidance counselor because yeah. I want to know what Ryan wants to do with his life. Like, I want him to have ambition of some kind beyond be love interest. You would be the coolest guidance counselor. There would just be a generation of little lefty kids <laughs> just like streaming out of high schools. I don't think uh, I'd be able to deal with the trauma. Um, because you'd have to know what was going on in these people's lives. And it's just a fucking, it's just a sewer of trauma out there in everybody's lives. And they also probably have like secret uh, metrics where you have to get X percentage of your kids into colleges. Right. And you would spend the whole time telling kids, college is a sham. Right. Don't go. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> There's no fucking reason to do it. Hey, you want, um, crippling student debt for the rest of your fucking life congratulations you want a degree that literally means nothing and it will essentially be completely obsolete by the time you get out hey you want to buy into the utter lie that you can study anything you want and then you'll be able to get a career in that thing um but also ryan says along those lines he says that he has not thought about college because he can't afford it he doesn't want to let the Coens pay for it. So I feel like that's going to be potentially a conflict somewhere down the line of this show. Maybe not this season, 
but it's going to come back. Miss Fisher does say verbatim after he says that. She says, if, she says, uh, Ryan, you've got really good grades here. So if you work your tight, bouncy, young, perky, white ass off, she says that verbatim, word for word. Um, she absolutely says, she says ass. <laughs> She doesn't have any of those qualifiers. She says, Ryan, if you work, you're legally of, of able to consent. Ass. If you work, you're little, just squeezable, lickable ass cheeks with its little, just the crack between those little hammock cheeks. <laughs> Sarah has got this look on her face. I'm just going to wait quietly until you've tired yourself out. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. She doesn't say that. She says ass, and you said that's inappropriate for a guidance counselor to say. Which was joking. Which is what I was like, ooh, I'm going to make this a whole <laughs> shtick when we start recording. Because what do you love? A, a stick. stick. <laughs> it's like your second favorite thing besides me. But I think the reason she says that is maybe maybe it goes me cheese <laughs> stick stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of the bit. Uh, if I can commit <laughs> to the bit, yeah. I think she says that mechanically, so that the viewer understands he might be able to get like scholarship. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If he if he actually. Um, applies himself. himself. Oh, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> okay, so now we're at that um, Ryan has been given this assignment. Now we switch to lunch where um, or some kind of break. Doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I was trying to remember real quick whether we were outside or we were in the lounge with the beanbag chairs mm -hmm. and the whatnot. Are we in the lounge? I think the lounge happens later no, after Marissa at a, smooches DJ. No, because they're at a table together and they're like, this is the comic book meeting. That's where this is. Uh, um, okay, then we need to talk about when they were... Uh, re so really quick, yes. Okay, Seth wants to start a comic book club. He has made flyers. He wants Ryan to pass out flyers. Who are the flyers in the style of Evan? Uh, looks like David Close, uh, who did Ghost World, right? Um, so this is what I want to talk about. You picked up on one person's specific drawing design last episode. Bruce Tim, yeah. Bruce Tim, and now you're picking up on another one. Yeah. What are these artists getting out of this partnership? I mean, so David Close might not actually have illustrated that. His style became sort of really popular to copy after Ghost World came out. Yeah. Um, so you think it might have been like an intern? Yeah, yeah honestly. Who just finished Ghost World? Yeah. <laughs> I can draw like that. Oh, God, I wonder if the AI thing can do like a David Close style. Don't. Probably. Don't. Is it David Close? No, I'm not entirely sure. We're never going to know the answer to this because we're never going to try. I'm going to feel like a utter putz if I've been saying his name wrong this entire time. Sorry, now I need to know. It's fine. 
you just gotta keep the patter up while you're listening to this because I or looking this up because I am bereft of patter. It would help if I could type at all. Let's see what we got here. Um, oh, I might be wrong. Is it Jake? Oh, God. So apparently David Close is an athlete of some kind. Well, and that's spelled wrong. Good God. This is what makes for really good <laughs> podcasting, everybody. It really does. Ghost world daniel close oh god i'm the fucking worst it's fine i knew it started with a d hey look i have adhd okay i can't be i can't be you're out of you're held responsible you're out of the close I'm kids i'm out of the comic book club yeah. <laughs> wait okay we I also like putz i'm glad i hope somebody was listening and was screaming daniel close it's yeah. daniel close you idiot I think I have a copy of Ghost World on the fucking bookshelf. Yes, yes, you do. This um, this tells you how much I pay attention to my surroundings also. But okay, if we're talking about the the lunch and the beanbags and the uh, first comic book meeting, we have to talk about Summer's boyfriend. Yes, okay, because um, Marissa and... What's his name? <laughs> Ryan's... <laughs> Initial introduction uh, was really nice. She was like, hey, he's like, hey. And they actually make plans to hang out after school to uh-huh. catch up with everything that happened. Because she's like, what happened? And he's like, that's a long story. Uh-huh. So she's like, tell me about it after school. And he's like, great. And she says, it's a date. Smile. Twing. Um, whereas Seth runs after Summer and she wants to get away from him. And he's like, won't you at least talk to me? And she says, no, I have nothing to say to you. Um, and if you'll excuse me, I have to get to my boyfriend. Yes. Yes. Also, I almost brought this up earlier, but there are two cultural milestones that this episode achieves. And this scene is one of them. Like, it's hinting at that. It's starting that snowball in motion. The first cultural thing was Iron and Wine was on this episode. Ah. But also... I'm not naive enough to think that the trope of woman says no, man keeps pursuing her relentlessly until she says yes and is worn down and is unclear whether she means it or is just tired. Mm -hmm. I don't think that started in the 2000s, like in cultural the zeitgeist or whatever. But I do think this is where it was fucking introduced to this generation of teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do. And it sucks and I hate it. And I want to give Seth a swirly. Yeah. So that's the aforementioned ruin ruining of a generation. Yeah. That we alluded to. Yeah. 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 I think we're, we're missing sort of the timeline here, but it's mm-hmm. not super important because I think the scene where he's putting away all of his comics is where yeah. he introduces the concept of the comic club. Yeah. And then makes the flyers and gives them to Ryan and hopes that he will pass them out because Seth knows if he's the only one passing them out, no one's going to fucking come to this club. Which is also a conceit that I don't buy because they have 
mentioned several times that Ryan's reputation in the community is that of a weird poor freak Mm -hmm. who punches a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he has a whole lot of social cachet anymore. No. And he doesn't have Luke. I mean, right, he doesn't. He's not dating Marissa. He yeah. doesn't have Luke. Yeah, and he was gone for months. And everyone thinks Marissa is also a freak now. Yeah, yeah. so it is what it is. It's the Breakfast Club meets the worst parts of Say Anything meets why are all of these references from the eighties? Because I'm forty five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you can absolutely still see the influence of all of those. Not John Carpenter, <laughs> who did those fucking movies. Oh, God. Yeah. Whatever. You can see the influence of all of those films. My brain went to John Lovitz. <laughs> did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? That in Janice Dickinson, supermodel of the 1970s, Do you know who Janice Dickinson is? I don't. Educate me. Okay. So she was like one of the core supermodels in the 70s. In her memoir, she says John Lovitz is the best sex she ever had. See, that would make sense to me. Yeah. I think John Lovitz would be an excellent lover. But we are, for the record, thinking of John Hughes. Thank you. Good job. Good job. Good job. The influence of all of the John Hughes (laughs) and, you know, the films of the 1980s, I, I think, are totally felt even in this show. Yeah. And largely, I'm sure, in part because the fucking writers grew up on those movies. No, especially in this show. And, like, 16 Candles is one of the also biggest defenders of this genre. Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty in pink. Yeah. I'd say anything again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like. Better Off Dead. I never saw Better Off Dead. We should watch it. It's a it's a good one. He skis or something. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously you know it's problematic because of the era in which it was written. You know, but John Cusack was kind of one of the prototype imprints that I was like, you are attractive. Was tall, like ropey, <laughs> big nose. That's my shit. Does he have a big nose? Yeah, kind of a big nose. Yeah, yeah. Uh. He's not conventionally attractive. Hmm. But he's tall and ropey and can hold a boombox. Boombox over his head. Yes. You must be able to lift this many boomboxes to apply for this position. Also, since we're getting totally this is the this is the thing Sarah has learned from podcasts and IMDB episode. Um in the scene where he's holding the boombox in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the songs that he was listening to during the actual scene was Boning in the Boneyard. By Fishbone. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Fishbone is on the soundtrack to Say Anything. Someone was a huge fan of the underground skies. That's awesome. And whatnot. I love that. Yeah. Good for them. That soundtrack was weirdly formative for me. That would make sense. I could see that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What are some of the other songs that you you think were important? Uh, the replacements, the the song that they're playing when they are on the plane and waiting for the uh, stop smoking sign to go off. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that scene? I don't know. I've only seen Saint Anything. I say anything like twice. Saint Anything and both. Saint Anything. <laughs> You've seen Saint Anything twice because I have made you watch it. I'm twice. pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a scene at the end where they're like, 
they're traveling together to London because Ioni Sky's character has gotten a thing and Lloyd Dobler is like, well, I'll just come with you because my job is my job is beach. (laughs) (laughs) And Ioni Sky is scared of the plane and she's scared of the turbulence and just flying in general. And she's like, okay, someone told me that when the no smoking sign goes off, then you are safe. So the very last scene, they're both staring at the no smoking sign and within your reach by the replacements is playing. Oh. Yes. You used to be able to smoke on fucking airplanes. Uh huh. <laughs> I was born in the wrong century. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, where were we? Um, <laughs> we've skipped ahead. Now we're at the first meeting oh, of the comic mm-hmm, club, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So Seth is like, call to order this, the first meeting of the. What's their fucking school called again? Harbor School. Harbor House, whatever. Harbor School. Oh, Harbor School? Yes. Um, Harbor House is the seafood restaurant. Um, Ryan is like, dude, it's just us. Like, we could do this at home. He keeps trying to interrupt Seth, and Seth is like, ah, there's process to this. Uh, He asks Ryan if he wants to take the minutes. (laughs) And Ryan's like, his eyes are on the ceiling. (laughs) <laughs> in this whole thing but then but then and there's a scene uh, the show is very locust because there's a scene where a like general like every time there was a casting call for a nerd this person probably showed up to the audition <laughs> he walks up to the table and sees it's just the two of them and leaves Do you yeah. remember that guy? yeah yeah but then but then this hunk so of a teen walks up. Floppy hair. Uh-huh. He's tall. Uh-huh. Broad. And he's like, I'm here for the comic book club. And what does Seth do? Seth is a total fucking asshole. Immediately. Immediately. He's like, what day? He, he First he's like, um, are you fucking kidding me? Why? You're on the water, water polo, polo team. You would think, you would think that interacting with Luke as much as they did, they would understand that you cannot judge people on the water polo team just because they're on the water polo team. Yeah. Water polo uh, players uh, contain multitudes. Mm-hmm. But when you're 16, you don't have object permanence. And then the other thing is, like, <laughs> you would think that Seth would just immediately be like, oh, cool, another warm body to be in our fucking club. Also a person who is clearly popular. Right? Yes, please. But no. No, Seth, no, Seth is gatekeep. Seth. Uh-huh. So you're right. He grills him. He's like, well, what it's do the, you- it's the It's the fucking Knights of Knee line of questioning. It's the velocity of a pigeon. Yeah. But he's like, what day do the comic books come out? Uh, duh, Wednesday. What's Wonder Woman's alter ego? She doesn't have one. And Seth's like, which I think is a, a mistake. And then the person that we will come to, we learn is Zach. He's mm-hmm. like, I also think that's a mistake. Uh-huh. So yeah, Zach wins Seth over by his argument that Superman is actually a worthy person to see as depending on who writes him, which I think is also something that Seth is like, you know, perks his ears up. 
Oh, and his um, Zach's favorite comic book artist is Bendis. Writer, right. Writer. Brian Michael Bendis. You're also a fan of, right? Here's the thing. We would have to have another podcast episode about why I like Brian Michael Bendis and if I actually do in 2023, because Bendis was the edgy guy. Yeah. Um, I have, speaking of object permanence, I have told you many times and, and Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Thanks again for being on that episode. <laughs> many times that he, did a whole uh, run of a original character. Um, Alias is the, and it has nothing to do with the television show. And every time I'm like, I love Alias. You're like, did you see the show? I'm like, it has nothing to do with that. (laughs) So the point is, I don't know if Bendis is actually good or if he was like sweary in comics and um, also depicted characters who were not well Mm -hmm. maybe that's what i responded to because i was trying to cool girl trademark here's a question for you okay okay so and this 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 is coming from a place of grandiose ignorance on my part because i don't actually know a lot about the history of the american comic tradition beyond what what people just know through osmosis, right? Oh, and you expect me to? Well, no, this might be something that you actually know because you were more into it than I was. Well, no, like really, okay. So initially the comics started out, um, well, uh, there was the comic code, for example, that was actually litigated. Like yeah. you couldn't have bad guys lose. You you know, they needed to be uh, a good bad, guy. You couldn't have, lose? sorry, you couldn't have good guys lose. Sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. You couldn't have bad guys win. I was like, that's um, the whole point. The, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I misspoke. We weren't into anti-heroes until Batman. No, exactly. Like, you know, and even, even Batman, you know, in his original figure or form, you know, um, uh, uh, the good guys needed to be morally pure. You know, there couldn't be any ambiguity. Uh-huh. You know, it was all very important that comics remain sort of very uh, idealistically American, you know, at that time, you know, good prevails, blah, blah, blah. Right. So my, my question is, my curiosity is that era of comics that you're referring to, were they interesting because they were allowed to begin humanizing these ridiculous archetypes? You know, they were allowed to actually start digging into, you know, what is Superman really about? You know, because, yeah, they gave him superpowers by giving him the backstory of he came from another planet, you yeah. know, and our our yellow sun literally gives him powers, you know, which is like stupid. So were they able to sort of dissect that and be like, he's an immigrant, you know, he's adopted. Like, these are the things that make him or can make him an interesting character if you actually pursue that. I do not think that the era that I was consuming comics in would have addressed that. I think I would have to read a bunch of comics like contemporary, con- c- contemporary, yeah, comics contemporaneously, contemporaneously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just attracted to specifically Alias because I was like, "There's a chicken here," mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and I I love death. 
specifically from the Gaiman comics. I yeah. have the um, collected death uh, series because, like, women just want to be included and also complex. Mm-hmm. So, Tiny Buy Sarah was like, "Girls can do it too." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Girls can be flawed and sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Girls can have backstories. I think Jessica Jones on Netflix, I think that was supposed to be um, alias a representation of those comics, but I never watched it because I just, I didn't want the version of it in my head to be different yeah no i get that i get that so zach actually gets into the comic club zach gets into the comic club he makes a lot of interesting points about superman like he's just trying to get home i think is the thing that he says yeah and that's what makes him more complex than batman um also shout out to doughboys we haven't gotten to this part in the episode uh, from this week, but they decided that Batman slash Bruce Wayne was absolutely a January 6th. <laughs> <laughs> and they're correct! He is a billionaire yeah. who is interested in the rule of law and nothing more. Yep. yep. And also interested in protecting his taxes. <laughs> January 6th, baby. So we we leave Comic Club. Uh, Seth and Zach are getting on famously. Uh, they're like, great, so we'll talk about comics, and then we'll hang out afterwards. And Zach says, oh, I'll send you those Green Lantern JPEGs. <laughs> <laughs> and Seth is like, oh, yeah, great. Did you ever send JPEGs? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I sent JPEGs. Absolutely. Did you ever like walk down the halls of Marquette University High School and say... My fellow high school student, after class, I will send you this sick JPEG of... It's a a 16 megabyte JPEG. It'll take you half an hour to download. (laughs) Trust me, it's worth it. Hey, you know, I had a live journal. Don't get any phone calls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I had a live journal, you know. Uh, Red Hulk was my uh, was my avatar for a while there. Zangief was my avatar for a while there. It was an animated GIF. Um, Juggernaut was my avatar for a little while there. Yeah, I was into JPEGs. I liked the pegs. <laughs> Absolutely. Pegs of different kinds. MPEGs, I liked those. Not to be confused with MPREG. Very different. She's making a face again. I am. Anyway, Zach runs off, quite happy to have made a new friend. Seth is super excited about the future of the comic club. And then... He specifically figures that the box office... After the box office success of Spider-Man 2, comic books are cool now. Does he say that? Yeah. Oh, wow, I missed that line. It's because you were too busy cackling about the direct the um art direction of the flyer probably probably yeah or the idea of batman being the darkest or just jpegs in general or superman being the darkest or J- yes no that's what would have done it 
Also, WebP is the worst possible format for image transmission. <laughs> Fuck WebP forever. <laughs> JPEGs and PNGs. Uh, solidarity. What about .pdf? No, it's proprietary. Uh, Adobe owns PDF. Fuck Adobe. But I keep getting to use free Adobe at work because I won't sign up for the new version. You just get Acrobat, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, Acrobat is also proprietary. Fuck those assholes. Also, Adobe has introduced AI features into all their fucking their productions their production suite. So, like, fuck them, literally. If I wasn't completely tied to the Adobe suite at this point, like, if it wasn't a, such an enormous part of my workflow, Evan, be careful. The two people that are listening to this are the um, Barbara Streisand's legal camp, and also. <laughs> Mr. Adobe. <laughs> Sitharaman Narayanan, uh, who is the, A, the coolest name of all time and is one of the engineers that works on the Adobe team. But that's not his name. It's Mr. Adobe. Uh, this is, so this is just something that's fun. Um, I'm not the only person. When the, when the splash screen, the loading screen for any Adobe product that you open up that he works on, uh, just generally uh, Photoshop and Illustrator, if you open those up, you see the engineers that that produce it, which is neat. I like that they have their names there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and your eye is instantly drawn to Sitharaman Narayanan because it's like, wow, that's an awesome, cool name. There is a there is a Sitharaman Narayanan fan page that I found because I was like, I can't be the only person that sees this name and obsesses over it every time I open up an Adobe product. And sure enough, and it's got like a gallery of him like dancing and partying at like different launches of different Adobe products, like. He's apparently a pretty cool guy. And he's a software engineer that makes a lot of the cool tools that it just pisses me off that Adobe has control over. So why don't you want to like buy all his products? I'd be curious to know how much Sitharaman Narayanan is actually making. I mean, he's been there for decades now, so I'm sure he's quite happy. Um, I'm sure he's conflicted. Mm. Or he just totally believes in the product. I don't know. Yeah, don't say I'm sure of the intentions of anybody who has any amount of money that is, what's rich to us, above two digits? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Three decimal places? Yeah. Boy. Three numbers and a comma? (laughs) How do we... (laughs) We're what you call hundred heirs. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Zach goes and kisses Summer. Let's jump to the fucking thing. No, we don't get there yet. We do. No. They're walking outside and the very next thing that fucking Seth sees is Zach goes and kisses Summer. That's literally the next thing that happens. And Seth is like, God nope. fucking damn it. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. hundred percent. That is what happens. <sighs> So we are. They leave Comet Club. He's going to send him a JPEG of Green Lantern. And then he goes and kisses Summer. Marissa and Summer are in a car and they're going to get Marissa's car. But you have to acknowledge that that is correct. I'm not acknowledging that because it is literally three paragraphs down in my reference material. Your reference material is incorrect. You're, I'm not budging here. Seth knows that, or Seth thinks 
that Zach is dating Summer at that point. Okay, at some, I acknowledge that at some point in the episode, this happens. It but happens right after here. Comic Club. It's it happens not, right after Comic okay, Club. Okay, but then it happens right after Comic Club. Okay, but then Comic Club takes place later than what we thought. That's fine. Okay, we're both on the same page. Okay, Marissa and wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh yeah, because um, it's still during school, and the girls have to go because somebody forgot something at her, Marissa forgot something at her house. Yeah, but also at what point are Marissa and Summer in the school lounge, and Marissa's drinking a coffee, which is not a coffee. That is after she kisses DJ mm, because yeah, because yeah. she's like it's been a weird day. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So she goes and she's pissed because DJ's truck is right in front of her car, stopping her from pulling out of the driveway. So she's like, I'll meet you back at school, Summer, blah, blah, blah. And she screams at DJ. Yeah, and she honks Summer's horn. Your stupid truck is in the way. Yeah. Yard boy. Yeah. Fucking yard boy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he's shirtless again and fucking hot. Yeah. Jesus Christ, is he fucking ripped. Marissa sends Summer back to school and then goes into her bedroom to reapply her lip gloss. And this is an incredibly... Okay, let's unpack this scene. Do it. Because at first you're like, okay, this is murder town. <laughs> this is, this is, we've gone, we've, we're full blown soap opera in this episode because yes. they have decided it. So it's, it's, you made a perfect observation there where the direction for this entire episode is like, yes, for this episode, you are in a telenovela. Yeah. You are in a soap opera. All of your face acting and body acting and line delivery must be as though you are in a soap opera. Yeah. So they show like a mirror shot of Marissa reapplying her lip gloss and her vanity. And then we see DJ smoldering behind her. At first, he's nothing but a blurry, handsome silhouette. (laughs) And then we rack focus onto him just smoldering. And by rack focus, we mean we're looking at his pectorals. Yes, because now he has put a shirt on (laughs) nominally because it is very undone. So you can see all of his pectorals and his abdominals. Yes. He's just muscling behind her. Yep. And he's also just very, very cute. Good Christ. He's got a fucking chiseled jaw, gorgeous skin. And she looks at him and she's mad and there's some like dialogue. No one cares what the dialogue is. Uh, she says, I've got to get back to school. And he's right in front of her yeah. and he goes, she's like, you're in my way. He's like, then go. <laughs> and we just both pause it and fucking cackle. <laughs> Cause we're like, what is this fucking show? What is fucking happening? <laughs> And his eyes are just like. I'm. D- 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 to be fair, that is our morning dialogue every single morning before I go to work. Yeah. It's true. There's a lot of shirtless smoldering that happens in Casa de Us. Yes, in the doorways, in the garage. Constant, Constant. smoldering. Just. Yeah. All right. I get. I stand in front of you, and I and you're like, I have to go to the bathroom, and I'm like, then go. <laughs> and then like. I'm trying to get into the kitchen to get like a waffle and you're standing there and I'm like, I need a waffle. And you're like, then go. 
And then we do exactly what they do. We just smooch hard. Because, listener, they smooch hard. Do you remember? Because I have no, I have selective memory of this show. That's what I will, that's what I'll call it. So, listener, do you remember last episode where, like, she, the poor boy is going to bone Julie? No. Oh, yeah. I was so convinced. Even in the opening credits of this sequence for the the previous Leon, I was like, Julie is a thousand percent boning the yard guy. We're not ruling it out for future episodes. (laughs) No, we're really not, are we? Because what do Marissa and Julie love? Eskimo sisters. Also, Julie does spend this episode swanning about... In a tiny bikini with um, a, 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 uh, uh, what am I trying to say? A diaphanous, gauzy yeah. uh, cover up. Yeah. Which ain't covering shit. No. the That bikini was like the lift and the separate. Yeah. But it's very separated. <laughs> and it's like, it's like they had a specific breast camera. <laughs> It's like, hey guys, guys, we're gonna we're gonna optimize this angle. We're gonna order the breast camera from Proto Amazon. Amazon doesn't exist. It might, but it might have been its infancy. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah, we're going smoking in this. We're going to Best Buy. What the fuck is happening? And we're getting the boob camera. Boob cam, yeah, yes. So anyway, they smooch hard, um, like hard, hard. Yeah. She's like devouring his face. Uh-huh. And I'm like, just beside myself, like, this is episode two. <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> They're wasting no time. Okay, so now we locate Caleb, we being Sandy. He's in some kind of cafeteria. It really, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like the fucking lighthouse, but it's not. It might be the lighthouse because they have four filming locations. That was my thing. Like, are they just using this as an actual restaurant set now? And they're not going to, they're not going to admit or talk about the fact that I'm pretty sure it's the fucking lighthouse. The I think the lighthouse goes on double duty as being the you're not going to get this reference, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I don't remember what the club is called in the OC later this season. It's the peach pit of the OC. The peach pit was the Veronica Mars. No, no. 90210. Oh, OK. OK. Yes. So, yeah, Caleb is drinking some whiskey. It's scotch. Sorry. Is, is, is scotch a kind of whiskey? Go to Scotland and ask anybody that. Okay. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> hey, is scotch a kind of whiskey? I as. Great, thanks. Yes, it is. It is a kind of whiskey. Okay. It's largely regarded as more alcoholic than whiskey. And like, it's set at more of a premium than whiskey. Probably it's. I'm listening. Are you, are you Googling? 
Are you just reading text messages? Is scotch a kind of whiskey? According to Townsend Stillhouse and Grill, scotch whiskey is a specific type of whiskey. I'll just stop that there. Oh, just stop that there. According to Townsend Grill House and Grill. Whiskey. According to Townsend Grill House and Grill. To Wikipedia. <laughs> to Wikipedia. Here we go. Let's see what we got here. Uh, I'm just going to ask for it. Uh, Wikipedia Scotch Whiskey. Uh, Scotch whiskey is a malt whiskey or grain whiskey made in Scotland. Scotch whiskey, uh, distilled beverage, country of origin, Scotland. You were saying... Do you feel better? Oh, I feel very better. Do you feel good? I feel so good. You feel good about yourself? (laughs) Well, now you're making me feel less good about myself. So the point of this scene is... Mary, if you're ever listening to this episode, text Sarah. (laughs) We're going to gloss over the specifics of the situation because Caleb is getting drunk because he realizes that the feds are kind of enclosing on him. He's going to be indicted. Yeah. And he knows that now. And he explains to Sandy that... This that he didn't actually he did a lot of bad things, but hilariously, this bad thing he did not actually do. But someone did because there is evidence and this bad thing being um, bribing officials to get building permits. Yeah. And he says somebody did because there is a paper trail and documentation of the Newport group sending funds to the county board, blah, 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 whatever. Um, Yes. Right. I mean, yeah, that's the long and short of and he's like, I don't know if anyone's going to help me or not. And Sandy is has sort of like ambiguous answers. He's like, you know, Sandy is not at this point. He's not stepping up to say, I will be your legal counsel. Yes. So they haul Caleb out of this scene because he has had all of the scotch. And now we are at the school lounge. And this is the part where we have the off-discussed comic book meeting. Okay. We don't need to go over it again. We already said everything that happened, but then we can go into detail. Zach leaves the meeting and stands at the stairs of the quad and smooches upon one Summer last name. Summer... Roberts. Bowen. Roberts. Yang. That Summer Bowen Yang. Summer Bowen Yang. <laughs> I don't know why I thought her last name was Bowen. Summer Roberts. Because Rogers is similar to Roberts. Her And uh, we're going to see Matt Rogers we are. for Christmas. Ah. Uh Summer's hair, uh last season, usually straightened. Yeah. Are they giving her waves or do we think this is the characters or the actor's natural hair waves? Because they're waving a lot of people's hair in this season so far. They're waving Kirsten's hair. Yeah. Yeah. They're waving Summer's hair. Unclear what's going on with Summer. Don't care. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Seth is like, I mean, I mean, it, Zach is it's, dating it's, Summer. It's, 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 it's less that I don't care and more that I think that the makeup and hair department have no sense of continuity. <laughs> Like, it's interesting from episode to episode what they do, 
but it doesn't track across multiple. It's not like this is who this character is. <laughs> this character is bangs. Yes. Yeah, no, you're right. They're just like bangs this episode. Sure. <laughs> I guess we couldn't get our straighteners licensed. Yeah. Yeah. So it says, it's like, Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's smooching out on Zach who seems to be stable. Interesting. Nice to summer. Oh yeah. This is where Seth is saying, why is she interested in him? Oh, and this is where he he's like, saying he's the waspy non neurotic version of me. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, he's tall, he's handsome. Yeah, he's not an utter schmuck. Yeah. Yeah. I hate this whole thing so much. I hate that we're pretending that millions of teenage girls have not imprinted on Seth because he is fucking hot. Yeah. I hate that this is a justification for in Seth's mind to... Plan grand gestures. Okay, now I will say, and you know me, I'm always the one that's on the lookout for consistency in these characters. Uh And Summer says this in her great little speech to Seth at the end of the episode. So, spoiler alert. She says it's always about Seth. It's always been about Seth. It's not about anyone else. It's always about Seth's. Seth's whole deal is about Seth, right? Yeah. Um, And this little interaction with Ryan where he's talking about how Zach is the the blank version of Seth, the not neurotic version of Seth, the wasp version of Seth. Like that's him completely erasing Zach's character and saying, oh, she's replacing me with a better version of me. Yeah. When obviously that's not what ha- what's happening. Like I, Zach is his own person. Zach is on the water polo team. Zach likes sp- Superman. Like, you know, I do think that there's a point to be made in that I do not think that Zach is long for this series. Summer didn't even know he read comics. That comes up later. And she's like, wait, you read comics? Yeah. I I don't think he's the Luke of this season, but he's very Luke coded. Mm -hmm. Because you can't replace Luke. You can't. R.I.P. Luke. You were a real one. Yep. Yeah. Poor one out. Yep. Um... Where was I going with this? No. That's <laughs> I'm just saying it bears it bears out. Uh Summer is totally right. She's got yeah. she's got Seth's number. Yeah. 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 He's dissolving Zach into a version of himself because he because it's always about him because he's a deeply selfish person. <laughs> Will this last? Is the question. We'll find out. It's a four season television show With the where f- these are the only four core characters. Yeah. 47 episodes per season. <laughs> it's 98 in this one. <laughs> okay. So now we get Marissa and Ryan standing on the side of Marissa's pool where she had thrown in all the pool furniture. And she's like, this is my haunted giant mansion. Is does that happen before she's drinking at school or after? Um, I don't know. I think it happened. I don't know. It ha- it might happen after. Let's briefly talk about that scene with with her and Summer on the couch. Just we already quick. did a little bit. We alluded to it, but the point of wherever this fucking scene happens is that some uh 
Marissa is still drinking. She's still sneaking alcohol into like her uh, mandated daily Starbucks. Yep. But it's not actually Starbucks because they don't show their logo. But this scene also verifies that the smooch between uh, Marissa and DJ was not a one-off thing. Yeah. That she's actually been smooching DJ on the down low secretly all summer long and has not told anyone because it could have gotten DJ fired because he works for uh, Julie. Do we think it's just that reason or do we think that she is ashamed? I mean, obviously we think it's that. Every character in this thinks it's that, including DJ. (laughs) You know, she says it was so that he wouldn't get fired, but why would she keep it from Summer? Mm -hmm. Summer would have no way of getting him fired. Right. Like, Summer is... You know, ride or die. She's not going to leak anything that Marissa tells her. Right. So, no, we absolutely think it's because he's the help. The help. And he's brown. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, excellent politics all around. Yep. Good job, everybody. In this episode. 100% no notes. No notes. Um. Where the okay? Sorry, you were saying so. Now this is the date that Mar- uh, Ryan and Marissa had planned yeah, at school. Ryan and Marissa are at the pool. She's sh- talking. She's about- like, "Here's the mansion, and it's fucking huge." Really want to know this fucking house that they show? Yeah, because they do shoot. They shoot on location at this fucking mansion, and it is a goddamn mansion. Uh huh. I don't know how they got access to this thing. Whatever. The logistics behind it are very interesting to me. I mean, if we're just talking about the relative placement of the popularity of this series by season two, I'm pretty sure that anybody in the world would have been like, yeah, yeah, show my shit (laughs) on national television that literally everybody under the age of 25 watches (laughs) at 7 p.m. on Thursdays Yeah, because we don't have Twitter. So they're at the pool. Yep. They're at the pool in front of the giant mansion. And this is where we have some dialogue about uh, Ryan and Teresa's summer. And Ryan's like, we were never really together. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, this is <laughs> Marissa asks, so you never. And he was like, no, no, it, it, it wasn't like that. We, yeah. We barely talked. <laughs> A very awkward way to um, communicate to the audience they weren't a boning. And there is also nothing said about the supposed, which we know is not correct, um, but uh, none of the characters know is not correct. Teresa's still pregnant, but she said she had a miscarriage. And Ryan says shit about this. Um, Well, I mean, he doesn't obviously know that she's still pregnant. Well, no, he, but he has the information that she lost the baby, quote unquote. No, he does say that. Does uh, he? Yeah. She says, have you talked since? And he says, we lost the baby. No, not really. But we were, we barely talked while we were together. Okay. Yeah. So they do mention it. Okay. But very offhand. And the point of this scene is to make Marissa squirm a little bit because the whole reason in her mind that she was able to dally with the help was because Ryan was with Teresa. Yeah, I mean, he was going to have a whole fucking life. He was going to yeah. have a fucking kid. Yeah. Do we do we blame Marissa? No, we do not. No. No. DJ is A, hot. Yep. B, there all the time. Uh-huh. Because he fucking works there. Uh-huh. And C, very hot. 
And D, she's not held down by anything. She's no boyfriend. Ryan, again, is going to go be a fucking father with Teresa in Chino. Yeah. But I also think that the show wants us to think she's a villain. For some reason, which feels really unfair. Because early 2000s. And again, like, okay, so she's not perfect because she does, obviously, she's keeping her relationship with DJ Secret, which is a shitty thing to do. Yeah. Um, and we know, again, because she didn't even tell Summer, her closest BFF, that leads us to believe she's doing it out of shame. But also, if we know anything about, if we have surmised anything about this character from season one to now, she can't, she's like allergic to processing Yeah. It gives her hives. (laughs) Yeah, she has two coping mechanisms, boys and drinking. Yep. And I think everyone around her sort of knows that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So um, she's with Ryan. They're talking about. And they're like, hey, do you want to go to the carnival? Marissa's like, hey, do you want to go to the carnival? And. She's like, my last boyfriend was afraid of heights. And Ryan's like, that guy didn't know what he was missing. And it's all very cute and blah, blah, whatever. And the po- the whole point of this scene is they smooch. They smooch. In front of the pool. And then we see a very soap opera shot of DJ watching them smooch. Yep. And plotting. And Marissa sort of like with her right eye sees DJ seeing them smooching and she sort of pulls away and is like, come on, I, I really want to show you the rest of this mansion and I yeah. really want to see my mom's reaction to you in it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mad that we didn't get that reaction, by the way. <laughs> because it's I th- fine. I think my favorite scenes so far are with Ryan and Julie. Yeah. I think they're my favorite dynamic because Julie is so delightfully petty. <laughs> And yeah. he really brings out that pettiness in her. And she is, I love that she has no qualms in demonstrating that pettiness yeah. to Ryan. Yeah. Full throat with her entire chest, which again, lift and separate. Lift and separate. Was it Dior, her bra? There was, it was her. something. It was, yeah. it was definitely a, a name because yeah. it was on the golden clasp yeah. right between her titties. We were just looking at the titties. <laughs> we don't do our due diligence. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are we, journalists? No. <laughs> okay, so now we're back. We're in our pajamas. <laughs> As everyone should be <laughs> on a Saturday when it is intermittently raining and 40 degrees outside yes and you don't have to be anywhere and you desperately need to talk about this fucking show it's so dumb okay so what scene do we go to next um the the plot line that i care the least about uh haley and jimmy haley and jimmy are having a late tea oh but wait sorry at some point haley and kirsten were on the boat and that's where we actually learn what she was talking about with Susie. yeah and she's like, I might have an opportunity. This comes out of fucking nowhere, but it doesn't matter. She expositions it to Jimmy later to explain how this fucking plot point was devised. But <laughs> she's like, um, so, do you, yeah, with Kirsten, she's like, you remember Susie, right? This character that exists. She lives in Japan now and she has a fashion line and she wants me to go and be her partner in sales, sales. which is I just I have a lot of earwax problems and I just got my ears flushed out last night and the last couple nights I paused and said, Evan, 
Did she say that she wanted to work in fashion and snails? <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Japan, fucking plausible. plausible. Where you could work in snails. And fashion. And fashion. Plausible. Plausible. <laughs> the thing that rings. But it was sales. It, it turned out to be sales. Yeah. Yeah. We were all very disappointed. But yeah, sales. Um, the thing I find most implausible out bit about this is Susie is Haley's friend. Uh-huh. Right. So, and also we find out through the exposition, the expository dumping on Jimmy in that scene that um, they were get, they took a bunch of money from Caleb and spent it all by drinking in Paris. Um, so Susie is Haley's friend. Susie would understand. Haley is a giant fuck up. <laughs> like Haley does nothing of value in this world. Also. That was a big beat on her character last season. She had a party at the Cohen's house and she had to keep certain people out because she owed them money. Yeah. 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 Like she's not a reliable person. But suddenly she's good at sales. It's fine. It's fine. We got to write her off the show somehow. And we got to write Jimmy off the show somehow. Her friend was like, okay. I'm successful in Japan. You know what I want to do with my successful company? I'm going to call my friend from a decade ago who, for all we know, could be dead in a gutter because that's sort of where her life was going. I'm going to invite her into my successful company and see how she can improve it. (laughs) Yeah, cool. What a great opportunity for fucking Haley. Everybody, especially white women, deserve redemption. This is very true. Yeah. Yeah. Especially and only. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So she's talking to Kirsten about this and Kirsten's like, what does Jimmy think? And she's like, I haven't told Jimmy. And she's like, blah. And that's, yeah, scene. Yeah. So then are we going to where she tells Jimmy on the boat? No. We also find that Jimmy's portfolio is doing very well. Yes. In this scene, which can either come back to bite him in the ass later or is a reason that they write him off the show because he's like, I guess I'm going to go to Japan to follow my lady love who, let's not forget, I used to babysit. Or he could, oh yeah, right. Let us not not, forget. Let's not gloss over that part. The gaping age gap. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so that's part of it. And then we bring, this is the. Are we bringing Caleb home? Yeah. This yes. is the Julie in the bikini and it is Dior. It's wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Sandy is helping Caleb up the stairs because he is stumbling drunk. Um, Julie, I love that she immediately accuses Sandy of getting Caleb drunk. Is <laughs> like. Bitch, in what fucking world do you think that would happen? <laughs> like, how deluded are you? How out of touch? Anyway, Sandy's like, no, I was trying to sober him up. Caleb's like, oh, I'm out of here, bitches. And he pieces out. And Julie's like, what the fuck is going on? And Sandy's like, you might yeah. want to sit down. And she's he like, fucking tell me. Caleb specifically says, you get to tell her what's going on with my ass. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to take a shit no 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 it's not for some reason he is incapable of he is a man of a certain age who is incapable of admitting his failures and shortcomings and also can't talk about how it makes him feel yep so we pull in a ringer 
school. Secret Australians. Has excellent eyebrows and feels things. It's true. Yeah. And is a good communicator. Yeah. So Sandy informs Julie that Caleb's in the shit. And he's like, I wish I could help. And this is where Julie, and it's wonderful. She's she's seething and also just also smoldering. She's very hot. Uh, she's like, oh, no, you, you don't wish you could help. You despise Caleb and me. And I'm sure that our potential downfall utterly delights you. And he's like, Julie, no. And she's like, no, I know, you know I'm right. But also... Rest assured, if Caleb goes down, Kirsten will go down with him, and I will see to that. Yeah. And uh, she says, my kids will not be the only ones uh, whose lives are ruined or whatever. Yeah. And it's wonderful. And she's like, now if you'll excuse me, I have to go take care of my husband. And there is extreme soap opera camera work in this speech. Yes. 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 It is glorious. Yes. And I'm like, you know, obviously that's a very villainous thing to say, to bring in his fucking children. And to be like, if we go down, you go down too. But she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Kirsten is an employee of the Newport group. And additionally, if Caleb is not just lying to Sandy, someone shifted those funds around. Yeah. I don't think it would be Kirsten, but it was somebody. Yeah. Perhaps a character that we have never seen before and will never see again after an arc of approximately two to three episodes. <laughs> it was Oliver somehow. <laughs> it was Teresa. <laughs> I just wanted stocks for my baby, okay? It was Eddie. <laughs> I just wanted stocks for Teresa, okay? It was the dog from the first two episodes of season one. It was, uh, uh, <laughs> what's Julie's other daughter's name? Caitlin. It was Caitlin. <laughs> it was the pony. It was the pony the whole time. The whole the time. Beach, the alopecia pony. <laughs> I needed money for my alopecia treatments. <laughs> Nay. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my god. We're writing Was Rosa. We're writing the reboot. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it was a conspiracy among Rosa, Caitlin, and the pony. <laughs> they all go to federal prison together. <laughs> okay. We're back at the Cohen house and Kirsten is talking to Ryan because Miss Fisher called her and relayed the details about Ryan's academic prowess and his homework assignment of figuring out what he likes. Yep. Oh, we see him working on something at the yeah. table, but we don't find out until a little later in this scene what he's working on. Yeah. She asks if he's working on his homework and he's like, no. Because... What's his name? What's his nuts? Archie. Archie comes into the scene and is like, we got the wrong eye beam. Um, what does he do? He comes in and Sandy is pissed. Uh, Sandy and Archie are yelling at each other because Sandy has ascertained that they have the wrong eye beam for the living room and they weren't going to tell him until they built him for more construction hours. Yeah. Also, Sandy is angry. Um, he's angry for a lot of reasons, largely because Caleb's whole bullshit 
Yeah. Caleb's, you know, fuck ups are going to take down this family. That's what he's really angry at, but he's taking it out on. And it's very heavily implied that it's a universal thing. Get mad at something that you think you have control over as opposed to something you don't have control over. Yeah. So he and Archie have a row and Archie ends up storming out because he's like, no, you know what? Like, blah, 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 fucking. Oh, no, oh here's how they that, have yeah, the yeah, route. Yeah, go for it. You've got it. Yeah. Because Ryan is looking at the specs of the renovation and is like, why didn't you just move thing X over to point Y? That's what we see that that's what he's been drawing yeah. instead of working on his homework assignment. Mm-hmm. He says, because um, Archie's like, I didn't order the wrong I-beam. They sent us the wrong I-beam. Yeah. And Ryan's like, if you just scooch this wall out 10 inches, uh, then you can use the current I-beam. And Archie's like, oh, look at this. This is little fucking, oh, did your, your summer job at a contracting fucking thing give you the know-how of being a goddamn general contractor? Blah, blah, blah. Shut up, you little fuck. And that is what makes Sandy blow up and kick him out of the house. Because he's like, you don't talk to my son like that. Yeah. And Archie's like, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you have your little fucking precious little baby doll over here fucking build your goddamn house. I'm fucking leaving. And we're both from New York for some reason. But this is goddamn California. But it's also a very sweet moment because we know as viewers that Ryan has varying uh, feelings about being included in the family. And Sandy just stuck up for him real hard. Yeah. He dadded. Say, and we just goddamn love it every single time Sandy dads. We got little respective boners. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Like, it's evident that (laughs) he's dadding, but also the reason that he's mad, the viewer knows, is not at this specific scene. He's mad about. Yeah, he storms out. So Archie storms out and uh, Sandy is like, I'm real sick. What does he say? I'm real sick of standing up for this, of putting my neck on the line for this family and getting nothing in return. Uh And he storms out. Uh And we can see on Kirsten's face, she's like, hmm, something tells me this isn't about the contracting. Oh, no. (laughs) Kirsten and Ryan look at each other and they have kind of a, their their faces are like, ugh. And the very next scene is Kirsten, you know, working through her suspicions because she goes to Sandy in the bedroom and is like, what the fuck is this about? And he's like, you're dead. And she's like, oh, fuck. She intuits it's about Caleb. Yeah. He mentions something vaguely about Caleb and she's like, oh, God, what did he do now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but she also apologizes for having been sort of really difficult over the summer. And she meant, you know, she says, obviously, it was because I was worried about the boys and I took that out on you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, a very tidy level of self-awareness that most humans don't have. I don't know. It's this show especially is very good at giving their characters a level of self-awareness only after they've been embarrassingly non-self-aware you know when they've had their little tantrum i would be more inclined to agree with you if they didn't as a show shit on therapy every possible opportunity that they got yeah you can't you cannot work yourself into this level of awareness without somebody helping you no that's true i don't think that you can well it was the early 2000s Mm mm-hmm 
Everyone's therapy was watching Fear Factor. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so while this conversation is happening, Ryan and Seth are also, they're in Seth's bedroom, I believe. Is this where they're talking about? Oh, yeah, because he's like, um, wait, has Ryan seen? Fuck. No, it's, somebody tells Ryan that he has to go talk with Marissa. That's when he. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I remember now. I remember yeah. now. Yes. They're talking about relationships and everything. And Seth is essentially he's got Dr. Oates. He's on the bed and he's essentially lamenting. Captain Oates. Sorry. Oh, yes. He's not a physician. He's a captain. Yeah. Um, he's a naval officer. He's a naval officer. So <laughs> Seth is lamenting his bad fortune. He's like, well, I'm fucked. You know, she's got Zach now. Um, things are never going to be the way we were. Um, yep. That's the first time this is invoked. And you're like, <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes. You can't see it. Scattered pictures. Of a childhood left behind And the mall in my basement And the way we were <laughs> And Ryan is like, you know, blah, blah, blah Yada, yada, yada um, From my source material, quote I can't possibly believe that he's just now realizing That bugging out to Portland without telling his girlfriend wouldn't go well <laughs> Wait Yes, I can. <laughs> so that's what's happening with Seth and Ryan. And now we cut to Haley and Jimmy and extremely large glasses of red wine. Yeah. Holy shit. Is that a big fucking pour that Haley has? I mean, you've seen my wine glass. It's like to the top of the fucking glass. It's it's, you know, sometimes you got to have a lot of red wine when you're telling your boyfriend who used to babysit you that you're going to Japan <laughs> and she tells him and like refills his wine and whatever and he decides to propose to her yeah in this moment and yeah. we're like you all are bad at this <laughs> everyone is bad at this um that's all I got yeah I mean you know she it's really funny because it's funny and sad whatever Oh, he's like, marry me and use my money, but also I rent a yacht so I don't have that much money and do your old fashion thing in the OC. Yeah. And she's like, no. We cut before she says any. We cut. This It's a really ambiguous look that she gives him and the camera is tracking. It's either she's going to be totally charmed and say yes, or she's like, oh, you sweet summer child. Yeah. No, and the audience knows she's being written off. She's going to fucking Japan. Yep. Uh, no matter how completely ridiculous that concept is. I'm going to assume that he either goes to Japan as well because they have nothing for his character to do or he just fucks off somehow. Do you, lo you actually don't remember what happens in season two? No, but I do remember that he's not here. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess. He's not he's not like a romantic foil anymore. Nope. He's not a will they won't they with Kirsten. He just made them give him a good haircut and keep him on for two episodes. Yeah. I will be curious to see what happens with Jimmy's character. Cause in a conversation with Kirsten that happens later, she's like, Haley's made her move, what's yours? Yeah. Yeah. So now Summer is meditating 
on a pink cushion. Two pink cushions. Two pink cushions in her bedroom. And it's something about yucky low vibrations. And she mentioned this last episode. Yeah. And good high vibrations. And then there's a knock on the door. And she says, you're making me lose my place in pre-calc or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And we is, we don't know who it is. And it turns out to be Ryan mm-hmm. who has come to try and get the two of them back together. Seth and Summer. The way we were. The way they were. And... What what is this where she gives the the good speech and we're like yes no she gives a couple good this is the speech that's like leading up to the good speech she's yeah. like it's not possible for yeah. us to go back there have been too many things that happened you bitches left for three months yeah she does say uh, that she and Zach are not dating that she doesn't really want to date anymore mm-hmm. which is curious because there's a, quite a bit of smooching that's going on. Something leads me to believe Zach might not know that they're not dating. <laughs> but that's also a little bit shamey because you can smooch and not date. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. It's the early 2000s and they're in high school. Can you smooch and not date? Can you? In the context in the uh, in the context of this show, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Yes. yes. I think Zach thinks they're dating. Yes. That's um, probably going to be an issue. Yeah. In a bit. So she makes that clear. She's like, no, we're not dating. I'm not going to date anymore. Um, and Ryan's like, well, blah, Oh, but blah, blah. also the little comic beat in here is uh, Summer's like, how did you get into my room? Is my Did my step monster let you in? And he was like, yeah, she was pretty nice. And she goes, that's because she just changed antidepressants. Give her a day, which is... This show really hates mental health care. Did Tom Cruise write this show? <laughs> yeah, Summer makes some really good points here. It's not it's not the big epiphany that she has at the end of the episode, but it's good. She's like, yeah, you guys fucked off to nowhere. What did you expect us to do? No, that's 11 grand gestures later. Yeah. Her speech. Yeah, Jesus. Uh... Uh... And this is where she says, you need to go talk to Marissa. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Which is where we cut to Um, the pool. Yes, because Marissa has to come out during dinner to talk to DJ because he's crazy jealous and he was calling her a bunch during dinner, which she can't have. Nope. Nope. Um, she's like, you knew the deal. You were working with my family. And if you, if they knew we were smooching, you would get fired. And he's like, but you were smooching another dude. And she's like, yeah, cause he's my boyfriend and we have history. And they're uh, escalating this argument to the point of further smooching. Team DJ. Yeah. Honestly. Well, because she starts crying. Because she does feel... Okay. I mean, like, obviously, she's done some fucked up shit. Yeah. Uh, she does feel really bad. She's she's trying to convince DJ, I'm not like that. You know, I'm not like that. Because he's like, 
he's honestly, he's like, you know, obviously rather, he's like, I, I hear the way you talk about me in front of everyone else. Yeah. It's because I'm the yard guy. I reckon, you know, like, it's because I'm the yard guy that you can't acknowledge that we're an item. And she's like, no, it's just because you get fired. And she's crying and crying. And he's like, oh, don't cry, don't cry. Oh, yes. She tells, DJ tells her to tell Julia that he quits to avoid the firing and that's when also when she's crying and this is also when so they smooch they smooch he smoochy she smoochy back and a pair of headlights comes into the scene and we're like what ho what? we all knew it was gonna happen obviously <laughs> there was no way it wasn't gonna happen at this point it was a 50 50 split between ryan finding them and julie finding them yeah but who finds them it's ryan ryan and he immediately reverses his giant ass Range Rover out of the scene. <laughs> Commercial break. Commercial break. Um, next morning in the pool house, Ryan is telling this whole sequence of events to Seth. And the only thing that Seth takes away from this is that Summer wants to be friends with him because <laughs> he is full, he is full back Seth. Whatever, whatever goodwill we had towards Seth at the end of last season, I again, I want to give him multiple swirlies. I want to uh, put him in non-consensually in one of those uh, pedicure tanks where the little fishes eat your the bot the dead skin off of your feet, and I want it to be weird. <laughs> And I want him to be slightly uncomfortable. I want him to order the Animal Crossing Lego build, but get the wrong Lego build. <laughs> and then step on all of them. <laughs> You're totally right. He makes it about him again. He makes it about him. And he's like, what would really fix the situation is a grand gesture on my part. And Ryan is trying to talk him down. Yeah. He's like, no, dude, honestly, I don't, I don't think that's the move here. And he's like, yeah. nope. The grandest of gestures. Yep. I'm going to have to get up on a thing again and profess my love again. I'm going to get a marching band. We're going to... Blah, 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 blah. So... And we hate it. We hate it. Um, Caleb is at breakfast in the next scene. <laughs> this is one of my favorite lines of the episode. Sandy gives him a plate of eggs and locks, I think. And Sandy sa or Caleb says, up until you gave me these eggs, I would have considered you one of my closest friends. Not one of the only friends I had left <laughs> in the world. Now, A, Shade, you literally made locks and eggs for me last weekend. And it was one of the most delicious fucking things on the face of the fucking planet. So fuck you, Caleb. He does not eat a single egg. No. Nope. He swirls it around with his fork like a goddamn child. Yep. And leaves before he eats. At, and he's also wearing, this is the scene where he's in that enormous uh, Gordon Gecko shirt. Yeah. I hope that a crew member got those eggs. <laughs> they didn't look as good as mine, but they were probably serviceable. Yep. And edible. Uh, in this scene, what do we accomplish? Uh, we mm -hmm. decide that Caleb is going to come for dinner. Mm -hmm. Why is good? Why is Caleb going to come for dinner? 
because largely just because Julie is not having his ass. Oh, that's right. She she checked herself into a three thousand yeah. dollar spa weekend. Yes. I remain ride or die. Julie Cooper. <laughs> no, Julie's going to take care of Julie. Julie is going to Julie, and we love Julie. No matter what happens, Julie is going to take care of Julie. <laughs> yeah, so he has nothing. So they're like, you know, we can do dinner. And there's jokes about how neither Sandy nor Kirsten can cook. So Kirsten goes and smooches Caleb on the cheek and is like, we'll order in. Yeah. What else gets accomplished in this scene? Um, we go immediately from that to Ryan is back with Miss Fisher with the results of his incomplete homework assignment. And he's like, I don't like words. I'm not really much of a writer. I, I don't use words good. <laughs> That's very close to what the fuck he said. It really is, yeah. yeah. But then she finds, Miss Fisher finds in the doodles in his notebook which are the floor plans for the Cohen stronghold <laughs> that what's his name Archie Archie yeah Archie was not into so she's like holy shit you're an architect yeah she was like we're going to have to sign you up for for maths and sciences and physics and he's like why she's like so you can be an architect and like to give this scene credit and to give Ben McKenzie credit as an actor, there's a little bit of, there's a little light yeah. that goes off in his little eyes. And he's like, maybe I'm a fucking architect. Right. But I strongly believe that you should not under any circumstances tell a 17 to 18 year old what they are. Mm-hmm. Well, at least she picks up that it's so far to date the only thing he has shown interest in that is not an girl or a punching. Or journey. Or journey, yes. Which again was or soccer. Journey and soccer were all of one episode each. Yes, the small town girl living in Newport Beach. Love it. Copyright strike. Choke the midnight. Range Rover going <laughs> mostly just to school. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he's an architect now. Yay. It's great. Um, brief meetup between Kirsten and Jimmy at her office where we are told that Haley is going to Japan and Jimmy's like, I was going to marry her and live on a boat for the rest of my life. And Kirsten's like, but were you really going to live on a boat or were you going to get a W-2? Like <laughs> The way she says when he's like, I proposed, the way she says, oh, Jimmy, is like <laughs> the exact same response you had where it's like, oh, you're bad at this. <laughs> like, really, dude? I find Jimmy's whole arc Generally gross. <laughs> Loves Kirsten. Can't get with Kirsten because Sandy is the greatest partner and husband of all time. I but fictional parentheses. Right. So next best thing, Kirsten's younger sister. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Yeah. It's gross as hell. She's a mess. She'll have me. She can't do better than me. I rescued her from a strip club. She owes me. Right. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, I mean, sort of not wrong. Yeah. Right? I came in white knighted and she was like, well, I could do worse. 
Which is why I will be thrilled when his actual storyline is concluded, because I don't want to deal with it anymore. That's fair. It's dumb and boring. And that's where she's like, well, she made her move. What's yours? Hot stuff. Yeah. So now we're back at the carnival, which there was some dialogue that we glossed over earlier where they made allusions to what happened at the carnival in the first season. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, no, we didn't really gloss over it because we touched on the fact that Marissa was like, my last boyfriend was afraid of her. Well, yeah, he was like, do you want to come to the carnival with me <laughs> if if you don't have a boyfriend? And she was like, well, will you take me on the Ferris wheel? My last boyfriend was afraid of heights. And he was like, yeah. what a dickhole that guy was. <laughs> <laughs> but circumstances are different now very different um we show and this is this is this is i have issues with this scene because i think any actual teenage boy would just have not shown up oh yeah Yeah. there's no reason well okay no there's not no reason seth thinks he's gonna do his big grand gesture to win back summer Mm -hmm. there is no reason for ryan to be there except to support seth yeah which he doesn't want to do. No. He doesn't think, rightfully so, Seth should be doing a grand gesture. He should not. None of us think Seth should be doing a grand gesture because no. he shouldn't. No. And this is what we were alluding to when we had the 80s movies tangent. Our generation, the generation before us, who knows how many generations going forward and in the past have uh, understood that no does not mean no mm-hmm. until you have involved a mariachi band, several balloons, multiple letters written to your residence, your locker set on fire. No <laughs> is never no. Well, crucially, no is never no until a guy says it. Yeah. And that happens in this fucking following scene. Mm-hmm. The thing You want to know the thing that really irks me about the, the very beginning of this scene? Mm-hmm. So we start with a crane shot uh, on the big balloon display that says Welcome Back Carnival or whatever. Yep. But it's not facing towards where you would enter. It's facing inwards. Can we see that the same lettering is displayed on the entrance part? I could not see that it was. Okay. It doesn't matter. It's a very nitpicky, you know, splitting hairs thing. So we go into the carnival. Um... What happens immediately? They see, do they see the girls? Yeah. Ryan goes over to like lower by the Ferris wheel and Marissa shows up in what I think is the prototype of the rainbow jacket that Carly Rae Jepsen wore on the cover for um, uh, Run Away With Me. Oh, nice. I'm just kidding, but it's a very similar jacket. It's rainbow. It's delightful. Carly Rae wouldn't become popular until the 2000s, right? Very much not. Oh wait, sorry, a later 2000s. Right? She was a she was a small. She was possibly an infant during the filming of this episode. Okay. Um, so they're talking. Yeah. And Ryan is ha- hashing it out with her. Yeah, and I'm a little surprised that we didn't touch on any of the um, sections. The building character moments for Ryan last season where he was like, you need to be honest with me with various characters. Like, that's the fucking thing that that's the only thing that he wants. And Marissa lied to him. (sighs) Yeah, I suppose she said, I'm not seeing anybody. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that was dishonest. Like, it's also entirely possible that he would have reacted really badly if she was like, oh, by the way, I was fucking someone for three months while you were gone. (laughs) But we as the audience will never see that because she lied to him by omission. Yeah. And lying by omission is what? Lying. Well, okay. Let's, I want to break this down. So, okay. In this episode, she has no idea he is back in Newport. Right. Mm -hmm. Literally no idea. So when he comes back that first day of school, she's like, holy shit, Ryan is back. Ryan. She says, Ryan, she runs up. She hugs him. Um, She's like, hey, he's like, hey, like she's super happy to see him again. Thing that is not on the forefront of her of her mind at that point is, oh, I have an illicit boyfriend that I've told no one about. Right. She's not thinking about DJ because she's happy to see Ryan. Uh -uh. So Uh -uh. you disagree with me? They had several con- moments where they had conversations about what their respective summers were like. Mm-hmm. And at any point during the conversation where specifically where Ryan was like, nah, we didn't hit it. She could have been like, well, guess I what? Sort of I did. did. Yeah. Yeah. She could have been like, oh, look, conveniently, <laughs> you see who's glowering at us right now? Yeah. That DJ, my He's right boyfriend. Over there. Yeah, like he, I could literally introduce you to him right now. Yes, you're right. That would have been the good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, yeah, hitting it raw with this handsome young man. And again, I know these last three months. No one is shaming her for the actual hitting of the handsome man. No, no. But the lying about it, yeah. the keeping him a secret, yep, yeah, all is, not the, the thing to do. That is how to lose Orion in 10 days. Yes, yes. So uh, he confronts her at the carnival. You know, she's like, I'm, you know, sorry I lied, but also you were fucking gone. Like, what the fuck was I supposed to do? Blah, blah. And what do we do now? And he's like, I guess we could be friends. And she's like, we were never friends. Which we have been saying every single episode at varying volumes and lengths of time. (laughs) And he says, she says, we can't, we can't be friends. We were never friends. And he says, I guess that was the problem. See ya. Yep. And then he books. He's like, see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs> he does a trick scene. He does a little b-boy stance. <laughs> a hat falls down on top of his head sideways and he, he moonwalks away from he her. Moonwalks away. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Seth awkwardly trying to stand on the hot dog cart. But first, Zach removes himself from this scene. And... Uh, this scene is very eating disorder coded in a way that I hate. Yeah, the little conversation between Zach. He's like, and I'm Summer. gonna get funnel cake and fried Snickers, which were mentioned at some other point in the episode by some characters as being essential fare experiences. It was Seth. Yeah. And Summer's like, I'll take a bottled water. And Zach's like, instead of funnel cake and Snickers, and she's like, ha ha, just kidding. To have with, obviously. And everyone laughs, even though it's not funny. There's nothing funny There's about nothing it. nothing funny. It doesn't make any sense. No. No. And he's like, yuck, yuck, yuck. Guess I'll go get those things. Yeah. Now I'm off frame. Yep. <laughs> and she looks over at Cohen. He's and trying to climb on top of a hot dog stand. She rolls her eyes 
And, you know, her body language is supposed to say to the audience, well, I guess I've got to go see what all this is about. Yep. But here's the real thing. She doesn't have to. No. She could see him trying to hump the hot dog stand and go to where Zach is. She could stand in line with him while he's getting funnel cake and be with him if she wanted to. But that doesn't serve the narrative purpose now, does it? It doesn't. No. So Cohen clambers his little fucking twiggy body on top of this fucking thing. And she's like, Cohen, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, well, you know, I have a habit of uh, climbing up on things. Blah, blah, blah. Grand gestures. You know, uh, coffee carts and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, God, no, Cohen, don't do this. And he's like, Zombie Roberts, I love you. And, of course, who's coming back onto frame at the exact right time, holding said funnel cake and fried Snickers. But Zach, if anyone has a fried Snickers, please DM it to us. And Zach's I would like, like one. Oh, I would love. I'm curious what a fried Snickers is like. Have you had one? We missed State Fair this year. Did we really miss it? I don't think they do fried Snickers there. No, they do affronts against God, like fried <laughs> butter, which we did have one year, and it was. How do you, how do you think that went? Bad, Evan. <laughs> Oh, it wasn't delightful and delicious? <laughs> Fried butter? <laughs> Fucking breaded and barely seasoned. Okay. In any case. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, Zach's like, what? Yep. You love summer. And she somehow gets him down off of the hot dog stand. And I do feel like several security personnel would have under normal circumstances kind of just escorted him off the premises. But he is lanky and the love interest and the whatever. And they're the OTP and whatever. It's highly Uh, sanitary for him to be up there. Yeah. Like, that's not food safe. No. What are you doing? It's not. Come on, man. People are going to be eating hot dogs. But also you don't see any actual hot dogs or any food being made at the stand at any point. So maybe it's fine. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just hot dog stand in name only. And you brought this up earlier. It's not her no that makes the difference. It's Zach stepping in and saying, hey, she asked you to back off. Yeah. And that is what Seth respects. Yeah. So she's like, Cohen, leave me alone. And he's like, but just hear me out. You just got to listen to me. As opposed to all the other times that he's just been running his mouth about himself and what he believes constantly. Yeah. Zach, all right, yeah, Seth, we're all exhausted of hearing you out. Like, yes. shut the fuck up. Yes. Yeah, and, Seth, and Zach is like, Seth, she said, please leave her. She, she said, please leave her alone, please. Yep. And they are able to leave, but Seth has not, he's not done. So what does he do? He jumps in front of their fucking car when they're trying to leave, Evan. He sure fucking does, Sarah. Yep. I kind of wish... I know there's no universe in which this would have happened. I sort of just wish they would have killed him vehicularly. They could have just tapped him a little bit. Just like the knees, like, you know, giving him a bruise. Like the scene from Bottoms. But the fear, yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. My knee. Just put the fear of God in him a little bit. Yeah. So Summer jumps out of the car and is like, Cohen, what the fuck? This isn't a game. What are you doing? You could have been hurt. And Seth's like, well, it's a good thing I wasn't. 
And she she made this is where she makes all of the valid points. She's like, you had me. You had me so many times and you kept not choosing me. I dressed up as fucking Wonder Woman at your goddamn Chrismica and you chose Anna. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Anna. Rest in peace, Anna. <laughs> right? You had me for months. Uh, and you, you, and then you went away without telling me. Yeah. Uh, she says, you don't want me. You want the chase. Yeah. Yeah. And she's not wrong. Yeah. 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 And she's at, like, leave me alone. At this point in the series, he cannot conceptualize her as a human being. Yeah. He can conceptualize her as an object to be won and lusted over and drawn about in the style of. Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim. Or Daniel Close. Or Daniel Close. I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> I'm so upset with myself. It's fine. We literally have Ghost World. It's literally over there. It's fine. <laughs> um, she gets back in the car and they and they drive away. Yep. And Ryan drags Seth back home and everyone is eating mushu pork on the floor of the Cohen stronghold and Caleb is there and this is when Caleb gets hell of arrested. Well, I just want to say, so right, Ryan and Seth come in and they're like, oh, hey, boys, how was the uh, how was the carnival? Did you have a good time? And uh, Seth is like, Grandpa, you're eating on the floor. And Caleb goes, it's come to this. <laughs> we love Caleb. Because all the furniture is still in the living or still in the kitchen. Yeah. We love a self-aware king. I want some mushu pork. I don't have any. I'm sorry. It's 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 probably for the best that I don't have mushu pork. Probably. So uh, they're like, yeah, this is delicious. Yada yada. Um, the boys come in and they start getting ready. And then there's a knock at the door, and Ryan is like, I'll get it. There's some there's some business here. There's some talking about what happened though before. The yeah, they came happens. home early. Yeah, the parents note that they came home early from the carnival, and they're like, we don't want to talk about it. who's at the door sarah it's the police evan and potentially a federal officer of some sort yes there's a badge that's flashed yes caleb nickel you're under arrest what is caleb caleb goes uh took you long enough yeah (laughs) like my dude that is not what you say uh, well, you're being read your Miranda rights, no. but this show, again, knows nothing about the criminal justice system. But the most telling bit from this scene is Sandy announces to the detectives that he's Caleb's lawyer. Yeah, he says, Caleb, don't say anything, and talks to the cop and says, I'm his lawyer. Yep. So do th- this is my discussion question for you. Do we think that Sandy has actually accepted Caleb as a peer friend friend person not to be antagonized? None of these things remotely relate to each other, but you see what I'm getting at. I do, yeah. Do you think that he's accepted him as that type of individual or does he is he internalizing the fact that his wife is too tied to whatever bullshit is happening. I think it's the second one. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Because it's a little sad to me when he says you were my only friend until you serve me these eggs. <laughs> like, I like their relationship. Yeah. I, you know? this. Hey, this show loves and enemies to lovers. Yeah. Yo, Luke being prime example of that. 
I suppose. Yeah, because Luke was the enemy for, I'd argue, most of season one. At and, least half. Yeah. And then, in very fast and furious fashion, uh, he became part of the family. 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 Mirror. <laughs> so that is how this episode ends. Uh-huh. Um, episode hero. Let's start with villain, Seth. <laughs> Seth is my villain. Seth is a putz. He is a schmuck. Seth is the goddamn worst. We are back to Seth is the goddamn worst. I he redeemed am... himself a little bit in the episode, in season one, and he lost all the good faith I, I, I put in him. The show is very winking at everything that happened in the first season. You were complaining about it last time, but here's my pet theory. They didn't realize how much of a cultural reset they would be during the airing of season one. And maybe they weren't confident in the fact that they had built an audience so that they felt that they had to kind of repeat most of the They're Star Warsing it where yeah. episode whatever was literally just episode one all over again. Yeah, they're they're repeating most of the beats of the first season because they're like, here's our fucking audience now. Yeah. Here we are. And everyone has to like uh, I don't know, go through the Ferris wheel again. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. So that's my villain. I don't think I need to explain why uh, everything he does in this episode is completely self uh, self centered. He doesn't think of another person so much as once. No. Nope. Even when R- Ryan has his sort of tragedy happen, uh, Seth doesn't give a shit. No. Nope. Seth makes Ryan come along with it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Seth is my villain. Who's your villain? Also, Seth. Yeah. For all the reasons that you said, and yeah. also normalizing the. No doesn't mean no until the man decides it's no. Right. And you win over your trophy by mm-hmm. doing grand gestures in front of an audience. Right. Yep. Your gesture isn't for even the person you're trying to win. It's so yeah. everyone else can see you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, I feel like I do know that Summer's resolve gets tested in this season. Mm-hmm. Because it's this show. It's this fucking show. But as of this episode, Summer is my hero because she has his entire number. Yes, I would agree 100%. That awesome epiphany talking to that dressing down that she gives him in the parking lot when he stops her with with his fucking body in front of the car is so spot the fuck on. But the thing is, he's not going to stop. He's Seth Cohen. He's Seth Cohen. I know that because this is the pattern that they fell into last season, they're going to try and continue to build him up as a heartthrob because he is the self-insert for the showrunner. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're doing a great job of making us hate him all over again. But we also talk about this all the time. I was extremely self-serving in high school. I was an asshole in high school. You were probably an asshole oh, in absolutely. high school. Oh, absolutely. This is maybe about we hate him now, but maybe he's struggling to become a better person. And complicated characters are more interesting than if he was a perfect little baby, you know, little never does anything wrong, you know. No, that's true. That's very true. Wank, wank. Yeah. 
Well, and again, God, this show loves enemies to lovers. And even with us, you know, even with us, the audience, like right now we hate Seth. So they're going to probably try and bring him around, you know, through hopefully what will be character growth and not just him wearing down the defenses of everyone around him until they just give up and go, fine, fine. I guess the narrative wants me to do this now. Fine. Also, I'm going to I'm going to make a controversial yet brave statement. Okay, do it. Just because Seth likes comic books doesn't mean that he has a personality. Uh, I mean, I would push back a little Other bit. Other than bad. <laughs> if you're doing, if you're comparing his character or his personality to Ryan, which is where we were sort of, I was saying yeah. he has no personality, right? Because he has nothing that interests him beyond women and punching, yeah. right? Um. I mean, Seth has quite a few other interests, comic books, sailing, music. Those are three off the top of my head. Journey is a music. No, 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 honey. Like, oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Journey. Yeah. Journey is it's a music. It's a music. Yeah. I, I like Journey. You don't like Journey. Uh, I don't not like Journey. I'm the Ryan of our relationship. Oh my God, you are the Seth of our relationship. No! <laughs> you know all the music. No! Every music that he's like, he's like, I like Death Cab. And you were like, I also like Death Cab. Oh my God. <gasps> it's okay. You're way better than Seth. You're a thousand percent better than Seth Cohen. You could never be as bad as I'm Seth aware Cohen. that other people exist. You are. You and do. care about them. Yes. You do good things for other people. Yeah. Yeah, you've never once done a grand gesture for me, so that's you know that's a really good thing. Incorrect. You made a muppet of me. I which made a, a muppet very of grand you. gesture. Yeah, no, that was a lovely. <laughs> I, that's still the best present ever. Yeah, Muppet Evan is truly a treasure. Mevin. Yep. <laughs> okay, now we can go. Uh, we did villains. We did heroes. So villains are both Seth. Heroes are both Summer. Um, I don't know where we go from here. I'll be very curious to see where, what the fuck they bring in for episode three. So Caleb's being indicted. Uh, the girls hate the boys. I hope we don't get rid of Zach. I actually think Zach is an interesting person and I've only seen him for one fucking episode. I love the idea that he's both a meathead and a super into comics and in like an intellectual and interesting way where he can actually, you know, he can defend his points on why Superman is an interesting character. Yada, yada. He's wrong though. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you're right. Yeah, Superman is a tr- is a tragically flawed character because he could be a god. He could solve all the problems of the world. And because he's the design of American capitalism, he can't ever actually do that. He can't dismantle the systems of structural violence. He needs to perpetuate them and continue to fight for the status quo. But you can be wrong and handsome. You can. Yep. You can. Also, it was the 90s. And 30. Know. Or no, it was the early 2000s. Were we having that conversation about the perpetuation of this uh, structural violence inherent in capitalism in the early 2000s? Oh, probably. It's in the zeitgeist? Zeitgeist, no. But there's always... There were always zines and... Yeah. Yeah. Anarchist Black Cross and et cetera, et cetera. We have always been at war with East Asia. <laughs> so you've seen this season already, but there are bits... And you've, you've sort of forgotten some of the through lines. Yeah. So, without tipping your hat of the things that you do remember, uh, what's interesting you uh, about the potential for the next episode based on the plot points they've introduced in episodes one and two? 
They're going to get Seth and Summer back together. I know it in my fucking bones, but I don't. I would also like Zach to exist for more than one extraneous episode. Just as a plot device. I want Ryan's arc to just be like protractors. (laughs) (laughs) He just does the entire remodel on their home himself. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um... This is their senior year of high school, right? Yeah. So whatever happens in this season, there will have to be dramatic changes going into the next season because their mm. lives will have to mm, move might, forward. It might be their junior year. I thought they were seniors last year. I, like, I feel like they were sophomores yeah. last season. Yeah. Okay. I want to the, get them out of high school. I'm we just will. So sick of the fucking high school bullshit. We will. Okay. We just. I don't know, know they're talking about college, and normally college advisors don't really start until no, senior year. Girl, especially like frou frou colleges. I went to a college preparatory high school, and they didn't really start hammering it into us like you, you take need to the SATs now. when you're a junior. Really? Yeah. I thought you took the essay, the SATs, and the ACTs uh, when you were a senior. No. All right. Anyway. California, Evan? Cal? No, actually, not California yet. So, what interests? Did you answer the question about what 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 interests you for the the following episode? I did mostly. I also wonder how we're going to resolve Marissa's clear alcoholism yet again. Yeah, God, you're totally. They are just doing episode season one all over again. To my point from last, episode, you pointed this out already. Yeah, they've I'm regressed. Just, yeah. All right. Well, I hope that they can get their their you know their intended audience back on track as quickly as possible so they can do something new and different with these characters. California, Sarah. California, Evan. You just listened to Orange You Glad We Watched The O.C., the show about watching and talking about The O.C., recorded in Guest Bedroom Studios, hosted by Sarah and Evan. Original concept and discussion questions by Sarah. Audio recording and engineering and editing by Evan. Please give this podcast as many stars or thumbs up as the platform you're listening to it on will allow you to give us. Copyright 2023.